0: Folks, you know you're in for a treat when you hear that tune because it means it's time for another episode of the Rec Poker Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Reed, Bluff in the home games and at Rec Poker Jim on Twitter. And it's a solo show today. We've got a lot of the team down in Las Vegas, and I'm heading back there shortly myself to compete in the World Series of Poker main event because not only do I have the best job in the world, but I'm just a lucky guy and I have a great life. So I am super excited about that. Uh, We just wrapped up a uh, chat's edition of the podcast. And um, with, like I say, with most of the gang out of town, I'm just going to do a quick setup this week for a forum's edition of the podcast. It's going to be a two-parter. So this is going to be short, but there's a chance to win a prize. So uh, we are going to take a look at a spot that came up in one of the bracelet events I was playing this year down at the World Series of Poker. And without further ado, I mean, I guess let's just get into it. So, I got to thank our sponsors, the Running Aces Hotel Racetrack and Casino, and of course, Mark Vershawn at website AMP. And of course, all our premium members and rec crew members, without whom we could not do what we do here at Rec Poker. So, uh, like I said, if you don't know what's up with Rec Poker, it's a f- largely free community. We're mostly volunteers here. Uh, what we get together, we talk about poker, we study together, we Play against each other. We try and beat each other. <laughs> That's how you keep score. Uh, w- uh, we like to have fun, but it's more fun when you win. Uh, so come and learn along with us for free over at Rec Poker. Um, so we I've played in uh, three bracelet events in my first week down there. This week, I'm going back down for the main event. This week, like I said, I played in the tag team event with George Sanford, which was phenomenal. Uh, great program, great uh, format. Uh, they executed it really well. I'm sure there were some headaches behind the scenes to get that stuff organized, but uh, the tournament was run really smoothly and it was a very uh, collegial atmosphere. It was very familiar and fun. Uh, Hob nominate in there a lot. What's cool about it is a lot of the big players. Um, they're only playing half the time and they're relieving their friend. And so you often have big names and poker just kind of like walking through the, through the tournament area and uh, feeling social and reaching out to people. And so that was extremely cool. I would love to do that again next year. Um, It would be hard for me to get a better partner than George Sanford, um, who I really enjoyed getting to know. So thanks for that, George. And I'm sorry that 10-jack suited that I shoved in there so aggressively did not see us in through to the winner's circle. So that was a phenomenal tournament. Um, Also played the $600 deep stack, which was fine. Um, Didn't seem like that deep a stack, honestly, to be called the deep stack. Started with 30,000 chips and 40 minute levels but it was it was a fine tournament i just donked it off with jacks because there is no correct way to play jacks from what i understand um but i was really looking forward to the super turbo bounty because you know me i like the bounties that's very complementary to my style of play i'm not as risk averse as some of you other tournament players out there and so i was looking forward to getting a chance to get some chips in the middle and try and get them in good win a couple bounties it was a fun tournament um the I did know, I mean, the blinds just went up so fast. It was like it was some kind of super turbo or something like that. They should like print that on the description of the tournament and let people know that it's like a real super turbo, uh, which they did, of course, just so we're all being clear. I was uh, staying with Taylor Moss down at the Flamingo uh, for this one, and he and I had talked, we we're both playing in it along with some other rec poker members, and we had talked about uh, not being able to turn down edges in the same way that you could in a deeper structured tournament. So Here's a spot that came up, and here's what's going to happen. So, I'm going to outline the spot. And if you are a, uh, if you listen to these Rec Poker podcasts as soon as they come out, you're going to have a week to reach out on Twitter and uh, tweet me your best guess for what the correct range of hands would be to proceed and what you think the hand was that I had that I folded. So stick around. I'll just give you some quick instructions at the end. And then um, everyone everyone who does, I'm going to give you... You're going to win a free month of premium membership at Rec.Poker. So if you're a longtime listener and uh, you haven't had a chance to dip your toe in yet, here's a chance. This podcast comes out on Tuesday. And you'll have until next week's episode to tweet me with your answer. And everyone who tweets me in that first week, whether you're right or not, whether you have a good answer or not, you're going to get a free month at Rec.Poker. And if anyone guesses the actual hand that I did fold, the odds of it happening are so small. I'm just going to go out there and say we're going to get that player a free year of Rec Poker Premium Membership. So uh, go head over to Twitter. um, At Rec.Poker is the name of the group. And uh, we have a lot of fun. We put out all sorts of great information there. I'm at Rec.Poker.Jim. If you want to get a little more behind-the-scenes, uh, some Steelers coverage, <laughs> and uh, a little more tomfoolery, uh, that's what I like to do on Twitter there, basically. But it's a terrible place. If you're not already on Twitter, then uh, you should probably just keep doing whatever you're doing correctly <laughs> and spare yourself. But if you are a, a Twitter degen like me and a lot of our other members, um, you'll want to go and check that out and see if you can win a free month of premium membership at Poker. So here's the spot. Uh, we're playing in a super turbo bounty. It's a $1,500 one day bracelet event. The blinds go up every 20 minutes and they start, uh, at one, one and one. So one, hundred small blind, 100, big blind and a 100 ante. And they skip a couple levels, um, on the way along as well. So they definitely, um, don't pull any punches when it comes to the structure. They go up very quickly and, uh, you feel that you feel that when you're uh, when you're playing in the seats and our table was also moving very slowly. And so I felt like uh, the stack was getting was dwindling very quickly. And basically what ended up happening was after first break, um, we had almost starting stack. Again, we we hadn't really chipped up or down much. I had about a starting stack, <clears throat> maybe a little less than that. But at this point it was only worth about eight big blinds and there were two other short stacks at the table and then everyone else had us very comfortably covered. So the way it worked was uh, a player, two players to my right had been down to about one big blind and everyone at the table is kind of waiting for the action to move around so that they're in the big blind because when they were in the big blind, they were going to be all in uh, blind and they would not be able to take any action after that. So there was some conversation about, oh, the uh, does the ante get paid first? Does the big blind get paid first? What's that player entitled to? We're not really going to get into that. <clears throat> but what's relevant here is that that player was going to be all in blind on this hand and their $500 bounty was going to be available. The other thing that was really interesting is that two or three players to my left was another player who had about 1.2 big blinds. So they had the uh, player in the big blind covered, but only by a couple chips. And so A, this was their only real opportunity to claim a bounty was to be to win this hand and to win this player's bounty. Otherwise they were not, going to be able to win anyone's bounty and in a few more hands they would be the one who was effectively all in on the big blind so you've got one player who's already all in blind on the big blind you've got another player who is pretty much going to be calling with close to 100% of the range um, because of this incentivized situation that they're seeing now and we have we're I'm sitting under the gun plus one <clears throat> and I've got eight big blinds, so just like everyone else, i've been eyeing these two players and just waiting for the time to strike when uh, they're not going to be able to resist getting their chips in. The big blind player was very disciplined they they'd folded under the gun previously to to take this spot where they were going to get two blind cards and uh so they're not really they're not really relevant to this decision. So there's three short stacks, the big blind player who's all in, the player to my left and me. Everyone else has at least 20 or 25 big blinds. So the action starts by the under-the-gun player, who's one player to my right. They make a large raise, which effectively puts me all in. It doesn't, it doesn't actually put me all in, but it effectively puts me all in. So <clears throat> my question to you, Rec Poker Nation is either you can say what is the range of hands that you would proceed with here or, or what is the best hand that you would fold. So you can say either what's the worst hand that you would call, what's the best hand you would fold, or what's the range of hands that you would continue with. So that's all. It's, it sounds like a very simple assignment. I did put this question out on Twitter uh, a couple days after. So if you go to, uh, at rec poker gym and search for the word spot, this will probably be one of the first ones that come up. There's uh three tweets out there outlining the situation and just sort of going through some of the same information that we just talked about here. And that's really all there is to it. Um, so yeah, feel free to re-listen to this. Go check me out at Rec Poker Gym on Twitter and see what the details are there in the tweet. But it was a really interesting spot because I'm sitting there with eight big blinds. I'm thinking, and if this was the main event, you know, you you uh, you probably want to conserve your chip stack. You're going to be here for a while. You might be able to find a better spot than to get into what's going to be like, you know, some kind of all-in fest here. But being the super turbo format, and then also when you put in the bounty implications and having effectively two bounties in play, and again, me being short stacked means that I'm not going to be likely to take out a lot of bounties myself unless I get a big triple up or quadruple up or something like that. So there's a real incentive for me to win a pot like this, but there's also an incentive for me not to bust. So I put myself in the tank for a bit and then I did fold and uh, I won't spoil anything now, but I I did get some interesting uh, responses on Twitter already. So if folks want to go and check that out, they can. And I even uh, tagged Barry Carter and Dario Carney because they literally wrote the book on this kind of thing. And uh, in the next episode next week, which I'm about to record now, We'll get into some of the insights that I got from our friends on Twitter, uh, what I ended up doing, the hand that I had, and how it all turned out. So, in the meantime, I would just say thanks to our sponsors, Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino, and Website Amp, and uh, you, the listeners. We couldn't do it without you. Uh, We'll see you next week.